Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So, as I ask you every Saturday evening at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, are you living the best life possible? And that is what we come here to explore. All right, so tonight, new topic. First time that I've covered this topic, on the air at least, and the title or the topic is the delusion of survival. Now, I got some questions to go with that, but let me first just share, because delusion is uh, one of those words, right? Survival is one of those words. So stick with me, because this conversation is normally a conversation that I have with clients, all right? But, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how we've spent the year. So far, and if you've been with us throughout the year, then you know that we we started the year talking about the mind, exploring the mind, and really looking at how we take our minds to the next level. And then we went from there, right after we explored the mind and talked about success quite a bit, setting goals, taking yourself to the next level. And so the reason why. I wanted to talk about survival is because survival is probably that one thing that gets in the way of our ability to obtain our goals, even our ability to actually dream up new goals. And so if you still don't know what I'm talking about, please stay with me because I'm going to define this and help you really understand what I mean by the word survival. But I think this does resonate when I say that many of us are out here just trying to survive. And so if you're like, well, is that what you mean, Linnell? Well, that's a piece of it. But survival itself in the world of coaching, and for those of you who don't know me well, I'm a certified ontological coach. That's what I do for a living. And for those of you who understand coaching, but even for those of you who do not, in coaching, One of the terms that we use quite a bit is this term of context, right? And when you think about context, context is nothing more than a lens. It's a way that you may see something. And so tonight when we talk about survival, I want to talk about survival in terms of it being a context, a way that we see things. And the reason I want to talk about this is because if there's anything, if there is anything that gets in the way of our ability to be successful and accomplish our goals, it is the context of survival. So I'm going to dive into that. But here are the questions that I'm asking this evening, okay? One, are you playing a survival game in life? Two, when was the last time you escaped your comfort zone? Because your comfort zone is largely a part of your survival context. Okay. And then the last question is, what's your self examination process? So we're going to talk about 
self-examination and how we reflect and look at ourselves. Because one of the things that this survival context will do is it will have you externally focused versus internally focused. Right. And when you are externally focused in basically nothing's your fault because everything's happening to you and you become a reactor versus an actor. We'll talk about that in more detail tonight. But before I get into that, this is a setup for a much longer conversation. And I really want to know from you all what you want to hear next. And you might say, well, you don't even know what we want to hear, Linnell. How do you know this is a setup for the conversation? This is why. Like I said, I have this conversation with every client. As soon as we start working together, I need for them to understand the context of survival because that is what the the client and I will be working against in order for them to expeditiously, uh, expeditiously, I'm sorry, accomplish their goals. So I want you to listen with a different ear. And if you have questions, call in 773-591-1690. Now, what I would love is for you all to call in and tell me what you would like for me to talk about in the coming months in these four categories. Okay, in these four categories, the first one is well-being and health. Okay, that's the first one. And these are the four main aspects of life. So you probably can figure them out fairly quickly. Okay, the second one is relationship. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationship. I'm talking about interpersonal relationship. Okay, relationships across the board. The third one is work, finance and career. That's a big one. But we can tackle that one as well. And then the last one is purpose, spirituality, and full expression. So, 773-591-1690, give me a phone call, let me know. Well-being, relationship, work, spirituality, which one would you like to see us really dive into over the coming months? But for now, this is the prerequisite. This is the prerequisite because... When you think about survival, well, first, let's talk about the title itself, the delusion of survival. So somebody on Facebook Live said purpose. So take these down so we can we can count them up. Emmanuel Emmanuel's in the studio too. say hello, man. Emmanuel. Good evening, Chicago. Yeah, he's in the studio with this as well. Hitting you guys on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitter, uh, making sure that you're taken care of. So I always appreciate him being here. Okay, so the the delusion of survival. Let's talk about the word delusion first, okay? Because when you think about the synonym for the word delusion, the first one that comes up is deception. The deception of survival. Or the fantasy. Fantasy is another word. Um, Hallucination is a word that comes up. Illusion. The illusion of survival. Or the fallacy. I like this one. Error. The error of survival. Because believe it or not, if you're out here just surviving, that's an error. Okay? The trickery, and the last one I have here in terms of synonyms for the word delusion, is optical illusion. Optical illusion. Now, I'm breaking this down for a reason. So if you're expecting a a really entertaining show, and, you know, you want things to move real fast, this, this one's not for you. But I guarantee you, if you stick with me, you'll walk away with something that will change your life. Okay? It will change your life. People pay a lot of money for this. All right. So, 
Delusion, that's what delusions mean. De- delusion means. Survival itself is really nothing more than continuity and endurance. Continuity and endurance. Okay, so the delusion of survival. Now, first, let me let me set the tone like this. This is one of the major reasons why survival is a losing game. Number one, we all will die. Not one of us will survive. None of us will survive. In the end, right, we all die. This is a cycle. This is how the cycle works. You live, you die. Okay? So, to put all of your time in this short life into just surviving is an error. It is an error. Okay? And the reason that it's an error is because your life has a purpose. And one of the things I wrote down here is survival clouds purpose. So if you're trying to just survive, if you're just out here surviving, then it's likely you're detached. You're separated from your purpose. Because survival clouds purpose. If survival fatigues you to the extent that you're unable to powerfully push forward in terms of purpose. Because survival is hard work. Survival is hard work. I mean, think about it, right? To survive is really an act of desperation to live. I'm desperate to live. And so this hard work leads to fatigue. And it's one of the major reasons so many of us are exhausted. So here's part of the reason why this became a topic for this evening. Because, you know, some of the emails I get, you know, the people who've downloaded the book, slayyourgoals.com. They went to slayyourgoals.com. They got the free download for the book. They're working through the book. They now have their goals. Everything's super clear. It's on paper. And one of the main things I'm getting an email now is, hey, man, I'm too tired. I'm exhausted. It is extremely difficult for me to put focus on my goals when I'm, and literally they put, they type this out, when I have to survive. And part of the reason they're exhausted is because that's what they're doing. They're surviving. Now, I, I know right now somebody's saying, well, what do you want us to do? You want me to give up? You want me to go quit my job? I don't have money. I got to take care of my children. Like, what? where is all this going? Well, I want you to remember that survival is a context. It's a lens. It's a way that you see your life. You could choose a new lens in this moment, right, or a new context in this moment. So let me, let me explain more about context because I'm talking about it as a lens, right? The best way I can explain it, and this would be a great show to have a board for the viewers, but let me, let me talk about context in particular and how to, how to shift it. So if it's a lens, right, imagine this. Imagine that I have on blue glasses. If I have on blue glasses right now, I'm looking through this lens, and I look up at the sun, and the sun is yellow, then if I have on blue glasses, when I look at the sun, what I see is green. And so how I think about the sun, 
how everything else around me looks as a result of being influenced by the sun looks green. Which means I lead my life believing that everything is green. When in fact, it's yellow. That's what I mean by context. If you're looking through a lens or a context in life, then you're fooled by thinking that it actually is one way when it really is another way. So let's take this back to survival. Most of us are wearing glasses that have us believing that we must survive. And we're so used to these glasses that we'll get upset. We'll get offended if somebody tells us that there's another way. So right now, if you're listening to me, you're like, this is ridiculous. You're upset. Then it's a good indication that you probably have on survival lenses. And I'm actually poking at the way you see life. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, the only way for us to expand how we see things is to actually be able to accept brand new information. So this brings me here. And yeah, this show is a bit layered. So you got to stick with me. But this brings me here. Some time ago, I wrote out this thing called a communication hurdle. And I've never used it before. But I think for this conversation, this is the perfect conversation to chat about the communication hurdle. So this is what I mean by the communication hurdle. What happens in life is we have filters. There's nothing we can do about it. And one of the filters that we have is life experience, right? So my experiences becomes a filter for any information that I glean, whether I read it, whether it's said to me, it becomes a filter. My life experience, that's one filter. Then you have another filter that is your current knowledge. It's what you know right now or what you believe you know. Okay. Now, remember, none of us know everything. None of us. None of us knows everything. However, what gets in the way of learning often is current knowledge, what you think you already know. Okay. So that's the second one. The second filter is current knowledge. The third one is belief. Your beliefs. Some of us have beliefs that are have been instilled in us since we were a child, right? You know, if, if you wonder how someone can strap a bomb to their body and walk into a populated area and blow themselves up, then all you have to do is really consider that if you have a, a filter or a belief, a belief, that that's okay, that that's the right thing to do, then as crazy as you think that is, that's about how crazy they think you are because they have a belief, right? Now, here's the important part. The way they believe that's strong enough to blow themselves up, we have beliefs about things that don't even matter that much, like survival, that we'll fight over, we'll get upset over. And the reason I'm saying all this is because this is not going to be an easy pill to swallow. But those are the filters for all communication. So even as I'm talking right now, you're filtering it through your life experience, your current knowledge, and your beliefs. And you're trying to figure out if what I'm saying is right or wrong. You can't help yourself. How do I know that? Because that's also a context. Right and wrong is a lens. Okay? 
And what happens is, as information goes through these filters, you create an interpretation. And that interpretation will tell you, this is good information, I should listen. Or to tell you, this is craziness, I can't be with it, I'm going to stop, I'm going to turn the radio off. But either way, no matter what it is that you're hearing, when information hits those filters, it creates some type of interpretation. And that interpretation typically is strongly influenced by your survival instincts. Whatever it is that you think you need to do to survive, that will be the next thing you do. So if you think this information is bad information and it will hurt your survival in the future, you're likely to turn this off. Okay? Now, I think you guys are with me. All right? But that's the communication hurdle that we're going to have to overcome this evening because this is new information. All right, so the delusion of survival. Now, this is scientifically based, too, and I want to bring this into the conversation. This is not just Linnell talking because the human brain is wired in two different types of ways. You have the reptilian brain, right, which is the amygdala, and it sits right on top of your spinal cord in the back of your head. It's called the amygdala, all right? It's the reptilian part of the brain. It's the part of the brain that causes quick responses. Boom, right? Somebody walked into the studio right now, and they looked aggressive, and they were going to hurt us. Then the amygdala part of the brain would say, the show's over, right? Real quick. It would be like a, a millisecond. The show's over. We got to handle this. That's the amygdala part of the brain. It's your survival instinct. Or as they say in science, the reptilian part. Okay? Then you also have the frontal lobes, which are your neocortex. And the neocortex is where you process information. Now, here's the problem. Most of the time, the information has to go through the amygdala to get to the neocortex, which means that if you don't know how to train your, the amygdala part of the brain and say, yo, slow down. This ain't about survival right now. This is just a conversation. The man is just talking. Hear him out. If you don't know how to do that, you'll shut it off. And this is one of the reasons why many of us stay stuck. Because we can't even get new information. Because we can't get past our communication hurdle, right, with the three filters, and we can't get past the reptilian part of our brain, which is one of the reasons why human beings who were destined to be great, who are powerful, who should be creators, sometimes act like animals. I'm just going to keep it real, okay? Now, again, the topic is the delusion of survival. So, the amygdala is the part of the brain that, that does three things to us. Fight, flight, or freeze. Now, if you listen to the success part of series, the series, the, the five-part series on success, one of the things I said in that series is that fear freezes. Fear happens in the amygdala, not in the neocortex, because fear is irrational. It happens in the amygdala. The neocortex, if you allow yourself to think and actually push outside of your comfort zone, will actually tell you that, hey, 
You can do this. You can step forward. You are powerful. You can set that goal. You can accomplish that dream. And that's one of the reasons why we have this internal conflict going on in our minds. Okay? Now, here's a key piece. I'm about to start talking about survival. If you have any questions about survival at this point, give me a phone call. 773-591-1690. I think we're real clear about survival, the context of survival, how it impacts us as human beings. Okay? But this is the number one reason why the neocortex will say, hey, man, this job, you're not passionate about it. You know, you, you shouldn't be here. You're better than this. And before you can even fully process the thought, then your survival lens jumps in and says, how are you going to make money? How are you going to eat? Who going to put clothes on your back? Like right away you start thinking about the, the other things in life that seem to matter so much. Where in the 21st century, in the United States of America, even with Donald Trump as president, it's very unlikely that you will starve and die. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, if you were to follow your passions and dreams and fail horribly, it's very unlikely that you would die. However, your survival context will tell you that if you left that job that you're not passionate about, that you don't like, that you don't love, that your survival is at stake and that everything will fall apart. And it seems, and here's the thing, it uses information, it uses fact, it uses all this information against you, and that's why we stay stuck. And so many of us are living lives of survival, and we don't even know it. And this is one of the major reasons why we don't accomplish our goals. We set goals, but we put them on the back burner because there's a, there's a competition between surviving and actually doing something that would have us thrive, doing something that would take us to the next level. And this is the biggest fight that any human being will face in their life. It's also one of the reasons that I believe that people who have failed miserably, right, end up being extremely successful. Part of it is because they're at the bottom and there's nothing else to survive. And so now they have nothing else to do but focus on the dream, but focus on the goal. Tyler Perry comes to mind. I can start thinking of people who did amazing things in horrible situations, right? But the man was living out of his car. He, he didn't have survival to contend with at that point because all the things that can go wrong had happened. Hey, and now he's a multimillionaire. A hundred times over. Right? But at some point, I'm sure he had to contend with survival, faced it, ended up in his car, writing plays. I mean, you hear the man's story, and he says it. You know, my, my first play said 30 people showed up, and they were basically just his friends. But in that play, one person came that he didn't know that helped finance the next show. And that happened to him like four or five times. Kept pushing. But he was so low that he didn't have nothing to lose. And the problem is, many of us have, we've created these lives that are okay. Right? 
You know, we're we're doing okay. And so when it comes to really going after what it is that we truly desire with everything that we have, that good life becomes an enemy of having a great life. Because of the delusion of survival. So survival forces us to stay in our comfort zone. All right, so what is the comfort zone? Because I think this is this is going to be really important. And this is something that I also break down for clients. The comfort zone at the very core, if you were to look, if you were to think of the comfort zone as a circle, at the very middle of that circle is fear. At the very middle of your comfort zone, whether you're a big old man with a bunch of muscles or a tiny woman who's petite, regardless of who you are, at the middle of your comfort zone is fear. And what you do so that you can survive every day is you place a gate called self-defense around that fear. Okay? And then you got your feelings. Let's talk about feelings. Because feelings are a part of survival as well. Right? I mean, one of the reasons why we... We won't really go after what it is that we want. A lot of times it's because of how we feel. I, I, I feel tired. I, 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 don't, I don't feel motivated. You know, I, I don't feel inspired. The number is 773-591-1690. Anybody has a question? 773-591-1690. But feelings... Can, can get in the way, and it's a part of the survival context. Your feelings are a part of that context. Here's why. Because feelings come and go. Or, I only talked about negative feelings. What about positive feelings? Because what happens is, you might have a win, right? You get a bonus. It's about that time of the year. A lot of y'all get bonuses. And you're like, oh, you know, this job's not so bad. They made me feel good. I think I'll stay, even though I don't like it, even though it's not my passion, even though it's not aligned with my goals, even though I can't accomplish my dreams. But it don't feel so bad, so I'll stay. And this is the number one reason why so many of us live lives of mediocrity and not lives of greatness because we're caught in our feelings. We're caught in how we feel. So your comfort zone actually equals mediocrity. You know, when I, when, I, um, when I got married, before I got married, when I met my wife, I told her, I said, hey, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like to do things that get my heart racing, that push me. And one of the reasons for that is because I constantly want to expand my comfort zone. I constantly want to expand my comfort zone because what I realize is that my comfort zone really is a zone of mediocrity for me. And if I'm not pushing my comfort zone, then it's likely that I'm falling into mediocrity. So what am I doing that scares me? I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt that says, do something that scares you every day or do something that you're afraid of every day. Why? Because if you're not, 
then it's very easy to fall into mediocrity. And mediocrity is so subtle. It's, it's like a cancer. It just kind of comes in and consumes you. And it's one of the reasons why I started the term murder mediocrity, because you've got to be that impact. You've got to be that violent against it. You just do. So your comfort zone equals mediocrity, and that all encompasses what survival actually is about. And survival is a very violent force. I mean, think about somebody trying to survive, what, they, what they'd be willing to do. I mean, you watch the movies, right? When a person's trying to survive, you know, they do things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, and, and by the way, we quickly justify, oh, he was trying to survive. My wife and I, we watched Get Out this past, I think, a week, this week, a past week. We were late, but we, we finally watched it. But the brother was trying to survive. So everything he did, we immediately said, well, he's trying to survive. They, they're trying to hurt him. Survival is violent. And that's why you got to murder mediocrity because survival is mediocrity. And, and in order to step out of that and be great, it really takes the same amount of violence almost in your life. You got to you know, keep things unsettled, constantly moving. Otherwise, easy to fall into that comfort zone. All right, I got a call. From uh, Vicky. Vicky, how are you? Hi. Can you hear me? I can. I can. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I love your show. Thank and, you. And I and I and I think you're speaking a lot of truth. I think. Well, I, I believe that a lot of people don't have goals. They just survival is is not. It's an underlying thing that they were never taught to have goals. Mm -hmm. So you could speak survival to, you know, someone who's, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, but that's, that's all they know. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so how do you, how do you instill goals? I mean, there are some people with, with, you know, college degrees Mm -hmm. and no drive for goals. No, that's true. It, it, well, no. number one, let me address the, the, the college degree. Uh, schools don't teach this. Right. They, they, don't, they don't teach you how to go after goals. What they teach you is how to take on someone else's goals and be successful. And so it's one of the reasons why when it comes to personal goals, many of us feel lost. How do I, how do I set that goal? How do I actually go after it? We were never taught how. So you, you're absolutely 100% correct with that one. But go ahead. So, you know, I, I had to, you know, I do a lot of consulting on resumes just, just to be helpful, not for pay. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and they just want to get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they just want to get a job. They just, in, to me, that's just survival, right? You know, you should want more than to just get a job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And well, then I have to spend a lot of time teaching them why. You should do more Key than word. just get a job. Notice, notice what you just said, though. You have to spend a lot, a lot of time teaching them. They haven't been right. taught. You know, many of us weren't taught to desire more. I, I can remember growing up where, you know, in some ways, education was looked down upon. Because you get too educated, you know, you might lose yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and so you have to... People are a product of their environment. 
number one. And it's, it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this topic in particular because I know the cool thing about radio, the power of radio, the power of social media is that it has the, it can reach people who otherwise would never have heard this conversation. And so I love that you right. said you're teaching them, but notice that they have to be taught. Like, it, it, it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Vicky. it sounds like to me that when you enter into these type of conversations with individuals who are like, well, I just, I, I need help with my resume. I just want to get a job, right? That you're starting really in a foundational place in terms of helping them see that they can actually be more. They can actually achieve more. Would I be correct? No, you know, you, you're absolutely right. And it's amazing because I sat down with, with someone last year who has an undergrad, a master's, but she is not up to her potential. And she actually had the nerve to say that she is an overachiever, and that mm-hmm. is why she has not reached her potential. I was stunned. <laughs> really? You know, mm-hmm. what is your potential? Do you even know what it is? What is, right. you know, what, who, who defines you? Your a title, uh, what, what, what you see corporate America saying to you, or do you define you? Right. Well, see, here's the thing though. And I love one, one of the, uh, gentlemen on Facebook just said, we as a people are born knowing how to survive, right? So what happens is we come into the world, we're taught how to survive, especially if our parents, that's all they knew how to do, right? They teach us how to survive. And then when it comes to setting goals or going to the next level, that's, that's foreign. Like how, how, what, 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 how do I do that? How do, how, how do I do this? Because the only thing you have on are those blue glasses I was talking about, right? The, the, the survival right. glass, the survival glasses where someone's telling you like, Hey honey, the, the, the sun is yellow and they're like, no, it's green. What are you talking about? And so you have to actually teach them how to take the glasses off so they can see that the sun is yellow so they can see that they can actually be more. And that's, one of the fundamental things that I do with everyone that reaches out to me, right, for coaching is I have a complimentary session with them first. And this is probably one of the most powerful things that can happen for a person because the, the session I have with them is what I call a conversation for possibility. The question you just asked is how can a person not see their potential? Well, part of the reason we don't see our potential is because we're moving so fast surviving. Remember, you know, survival is hard. And survival is fatiguing. We're so tired that we don't have time to sit back and reflect on our potential. And so in this conversation for possibility, what I do with clients is I walk them through what's possible in their lives just by asking them questions that no one has ever asked them before. By the time they get off the call with me, 45 minutes to an hour, they see possibility in their life that they had never distinguished before. It could be possibility in terms of their well-being and health. It could be possibility in terms of a relationship, a marriage, uh, possibility in terms of what they can create with a mom, dad, siblings. They just never saw that, wait a second, if I apply myself here, I can completely shift this relationship. Same thing with work and career and finances. Many people are not clear about what's possible and because they're not clear about what's possible, they never achieve it because they can't see it. And the thing about us as human beings, we're visual. 
It's about imagery. And here's the thing. Everybody else knows it but us. <laughs> right? The media knows it. Why do you think they flash burgers and, 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 and all types of colors in your face? Right. They get it. Look, check this out, Vicky. And then I want to I want to make sure I answered all your questions. We were we were just in the uh, so before we came into the studio, we were sitting there with the technical producer, and there was a commercial for a Cadillac. Emmanuel, what did he say when he saw the the commercial for a Cadillac? He talked about how he wanted that car. He's like, "Ooh, that's nice. I want that." Now, why does he want it? A moment ago, before the commercial came on, he didn't want a new car. He actually drives a nice Cadillac already, but the twenty. The 2017, now he wants that. Why? He saw it. That's the power of imagery. And what happens is most of us are given imagery that's really just about survival. Drive a nice car, eat some tasty food, live in a four-corner house, survive and die. (laughs) Well, ain't that the truth, so you got any more questions for me? I want to make sure I answered all your questions. No, no, no. That's 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 a very good point, and 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 I and I'm glad to hear that you are talking to people about that very topic. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you for the phone call. It's good to hear from uh, you. All right, now. All right. Up. All right. Take care, take care of yourself. Bye bye. Okay. All right. Great call. Thanks for that. So. Any other questions? 773-591-1690. That was a great question. And uh, those questions always help, right? Because that's a piece that we might not have gotten to otherwise. So before before I picked up Vicky's phone call, we were talking about survival as a violent force. And I used the movie Get Out as an example, right? You seen Get Out, Emmanuel? Yeah, I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get this concept of him trying to survive, right? Yeah, I get it. And some of the things he had to do to survive. Yes. It was exhausting. It was. It was violent. It was violent. Right? And, and here we are actually rooting for him to survive. Yes, go, brother. Go, go. Right? I right. mean, you can't help but to root for him. You got, got to get out of there. Especially because he's a brown man. <laughs> you know, they did that to a brown man. I mean, get out of there, man. Yeah. Oh, he got him. Survival. That's... And... and You know, you might sit there and laugh, but I want you all to put the same parallel into your life because some of you all are showing up to work and it's not it's not as physically violent as what you saw in the movie. But the emotions that you are going through day to day, working a job that you do not like, that that you you can't stand are the same as someone trying to survive. They're the same. It's just as stressful. It's just as exhausting. That's the danger of survival. And so survival is a violent force. And to overpower this force, you must be strategic. You must be rigorous. You must be purposeful. And you have to be ruthless. In order for you to overcome this context, right? So here's the thing with my clients. Once they realize that this is context out there, like, all right, so how do I shift the context? That's what we say. How do you shift the context? Where in order to shift the context, you have to go through certain practices and exercises. And this is daily. And then what happens is they get tired. I got to do it daily. 
oh, man. And the exercise I give, it's not like it takes a long time, right? Maybe five-minute exercise. But all of a sudden, five minutes feels like a lifetime just to escape your survival context. And, and this is a client who's paying money and has all the tools, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, that's a lot of work. And that's why I say, in order to overpower the force of survival, the context of survival in your life, you must be strategic. Hey, strategy takes reflection. Strategy takes rigor. You must be purposeful. And if you want to live a great life, you want to murder mediocrity, you got to be ruthless. Ryan, how are you, brother? Hi, this is a girl. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's what I get I for assuming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to know a good book to read that will help me with this because you're hitting so many points that I'm like, oh, this is so me. So give me a suggestion of a book I should read on this subject. Wow. So a whole lot of books are coming to mind right now. Um, <laughs> so I haven't read it yet, but my wife has. And okay. we've been talking about it, and she's like, it's the next book I need to read. But it's about the mind. It's about how we think. And the book okay. is called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by uh, Maltz Maxwell. Psycho-Cybernetics? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've gotten as okay. far as the foreword, but when I tell you I'm about to be on that book, I'm, I'm about to be on it. As a matter of okay. fact, I, I started reading it this afternoon. And uh, so I haven't gotten through the book, but it's a well-known book. It's a very well-known book. And in terms okay. of being diligent with your mind, I would say that's one of them. Here's, here's the other one, though. And this one I have read. And I've, I've read this one probably over ten times. And it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, I Hill. got that. You got, got have that. you read it? Yes, yes. Okay. I, got, I love that book. Yeah, I there you go. I love that book. Yeah. And what he's really talking about is being purposeful. I mean, he starts off, if you, if you think about it, I mean, the first three chapters are really helping you create a definiteness of purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And my wife is on Facebook uh, live. She just put the power of now too by Eckhart Tolle. You know what? And oh. She's right. That, that's a, that's a phenomenal book as well. The power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. I remember my son saying something about that. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that. But so I remember him mentioning that. So there you go. Three books. You already got one. Okay. So you, got, you got two to buy. Well, I just pulled the uh, Think and Grow Rich right out while you were talking. Oh, cool. <laughs> and and, and son, have you read my book yet? Oh, yeah. I, I downloaded yours. Okay, good. It. Good. All right. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good night. All right. You too. You too. All right. So, um, again, thank you guys for the phone call. 773-591-1690. My wife put in the, the War of Art. I think you meant the War of Art, baby. The Art of War is by Sun Tzu, Sun Tzu, I mean. And the War of Art is by Stephen Pressfield. And what he talks about is resistance. And it's a book for creatives. So if you're a creative out there and uh, you're up against resistance, he talks about why resistance shows up, how resistance shows up, and how to overcome it. All right, so. We've been talking about survival all night, and I, and I imagine that you're saying, all right, Linnell, what's the solution, man? I, I don't want to live a life like this. I don't, I don't want to live a life where I'm bound by the chains of survival. I'm bound by the mental constraints of survival. Ooh, um, Ryan, 
Here's a book I should have, this should have came to mind, just popped into my mind just now. But there's a book by Daniel Goleman, that's G-O-L-E-M-A-N. It's called Emotional Intelligence. Daniel Goleman breaks down how the brain works and why some of us are emotionally intelligent and have great interpersonal skills and some of us don't. And he actually breaks down how the amygdala works against us in interpersonal relationships and that context of survival can ruin important relationships. Um, he breaks that down in that book. And for anybody who is in corporate America and interacting on a regular basis, uh, hey, Emotional Intelligence is a phenomenal book. I promise you that if you invest time into reading that book, that it will pay back dividends. Okay, so that's another one. All right, so what do we do about this context? Well, the first thing is awareness. The first part is awareness, and that's what tonight was really about. We all have it. I got it. You got it. And so what I want you to do over the next week is really just become aware of it. You know, how does your survival uh, context, mechanism, we call it survival mechanism in coaching, how, how does it show up for you? Where does it show up for you? Um, where is it pulling you back? You know, in some ways, I, we've had the conversation about uh, Tug, the elephant, right, who was constrained by a small rope, 13,000-pound elephant who's been trained over his life that this rope can hold him. And now that he's 13,000 pounds, when they put it on, he believes. So what are your mental constraints? What are the mental constraints that have been placed on you as a result of this context? And for many of us, it's in every aspect of our living. So I want you to do it like this. Think about it in four, in the four different categories of life. Where is your survival context showing up in your own relationship to yourself? The conversations. I had a client this past week who has been missing on her commitments, you know, three weeks in a row, missing the commitment, missing the commitment, missing the commitment. And I finally said, I said, you know, what is your relationship to your word to yourself? And, and I gave her the example. I said, I imagine if you said you were going to do a favor for me and you said you would have that favor done by a certain time, that if you didn't have it done, you would feel a certain kind of way about it. And she was like, you know what? You're right. I will feel horrible. But here it is. She's made, she's given herself a word. She said, I'm going to do this for me. And week over week over week, she hasn't done that thing. It has something to do with her relationship to herself. Many of y'all think y'all love yourselves and you don't. Because if you loved yourself, you keep your word to yourself. Because if somebody told you that they loved you and they didn't keep their word, you would tell them right now, you don't love me. You have no love for me because you don't keep your word to me. But then if I tell you you lack self-love, you get mad. But you don't keep your word to yourself. So that's one. Number two is where does your survival show up, your survival context show up in your relationships? What do you find yourself getting mad in conversations? You know, if you're having a reaction in a conversation and it's hard for you to even process the conversation, that means your amygdala is basically taking over and you're not thinking with your neocortex. 
And that's what makes you human. So stop being allowing that reptilian part of your brain to run the show. Be human. Think. Use your right frontal lobe, your left frontal lobe, and process the conversation. What is this person trying to tell me? How can what they're telling me benefit me? Because you don't have to survive the conversation. You're not going to die if you stay in the conversation. You're not going to die if you keep your mouth shut and just listen. Okay? So another place to begin looking for where this context shows up. Third place, work, finances, money. What, how are you spending your money as if you're just getting by? You're just surviving. And many of us, we create the cycle, right? Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we live a very simple life. You know, and, and we have some nice things. We drive nice cars. We have a nice home. But we live well beneath our means. Why? Because I don't want that survival context to get into our money, to get into our marriage. And so to keep it far off, we stay out the survival conversation. So even if I can afford a super nice luxury car, sports car, I don't want it because it could put me right back into that conversation. And so some of us, we buy things, we do things with our money that keeps us in the cycle. Look at that. Why do you need it? What has you doing that? It's the context. It's the thing we've been talking about all night. And then last but not least, where it's most important in terms of our spirituality, in terms of our purpose. Where is your survival context running the show and not allowing you to be your purpose on this planet? To leave us with the gifts and the blessings that you've been and talents that you've been bestowed so that you can help change our lives. So you can make this world a better place. That's what I have for you tonight. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Linnell Harris. You've been listening to Inspirational Perspective. And uh, as always, love you guys. Thank you so much for the support. And have a wonderful evening. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on all social media channels. Download the book, Slay Your Goals at slayyourgoals.com. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. <laughs>